Hello, Mississippi and abroad. This is Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal welcoming you to another edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you the relevant college football talk in Mississippi. We'd like to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. Lots of good things going on there at OPC for youth and adults alike. They're gearing up for flag football. There's boxing, fencing, hiking, and so much more. Visit them at Oxford Park Commission. Dot com. I'm joined today by Stefan Kreisnick, our Mississippi State writer. Steph, how you doing, man? Good, Parrish. How you doing? Uh, haven't seen you since since the scrimmage, I believe it was. Man, that's right. That's right. And and uh, you know, I was I was glad to get there and watch a scrimmage. And I was thinking, well, I'll get over to Ole Miss and watch their scrimmage next week. But man, there's uh there there's chaos over there that uh, that that open camp man the access has been uh, has been cut back it's like boom we're, we're back in 2021 uh, so <laughs> anyway uh, so a uh, little uh, little less access uh, at Ole Miss right now but it was good to uh, watch state scrimmage last Saturday and uh, it was good to sit in those shaded club seats. Uh, under the overhang and and not uh, not expose ourselves to the elements as the Bulldogs were doing there uh, on the field. But uh, let's start us off with the scrimmage, Steph. Uh, what stood out to you? All right, I think as kind of the conversation has been with Mississippi State the past couple of weeks, uh, every conversation kind of starts with the quarterbacks. And I think we saw, um, once again, Will Rogers being the one uh, with the first team offense on the field, uh, it's still between him and Chance Lovertich. But you know, as every day goes by, it's Will Rogers getting the first team reps. And, uh, and at some point, you figure um, if Chance is going to be the starter, um, with you know how, how many weeks are we away from the opener? Maybe two and a half weeks yeah. or something like that. Um, you know, with, with two and a half weeks um, and two and a half weeks under your belt, um, you, you figure the guy who's still getting the number one reps is probably going to be the guy under center come week one. Um, and, and I think you saw a little bit of the same that you saw from Will Rogers last season. Um, people want the air raid offense to be exciting and to take shots. And, um, you know, Will Rogers last year, you know, took them every now and then, but it was a lot of seven, seven yard completion, eight yard completion, nine yard completion. Um, and, and we saw a lot of that in the scrimmage as well. Um, so that, so I guess that would be my main takeaway is if Will Rogers is the guy, you might see a lot of the same from last year. Now, a lot of the same from last year could be good if they have better chemistry. And I think we saw that at times um, from, from uh, Rogers and his receivers. Um, so, so that's one thing, I guess, that they could be positive from, from that. Um, but, but the, but the main issue on the offense right now has to be that offensive line. I mean, Will Rogers took a lot of the blame on himself and Leach Leach blamed Rogers a little bit for some of the sacks that were taken. He thought that maybe he could have been more aggressive to kind of get away from some of those. Um, but regardless, I mean, the, the defensive line was having no issue getting to the quarterbacks in the scrimmage. Offensive line was a problem last year, and it continues to be a problem this year, um, at least to, to this point of fall camp. So that's that's definitely the main concern on offense. On defense, I think you saw a lot of what you expected. Pressure from the defensive line created um, in part because of how good the secondary could be. I think um, you saw some of the safeties uh, really imp- impressed. I thought Jalen Green played pretty well. London Kraft had, a, had an interception, interception there. So. You, you saw a lot of what we expected from the defense. Obviously, Jordan Davis going down with an injury. And, um, you know, we're still – we're talking to Leach tomorrow, hoping to get some news on the extent of that. I know some of the initial rumors and reports are, are not 
um, very positive on his return this season. So we'll see, we'll see on that. Um, that would obviously be a huge loss for the defense. Um, but, but overall in that scrimmage from the defense, you kind of expected what we've been talking about all fall camp. Hey, I want to come back to that offensive line in a little bit, but let's, let's talk quarterbacks. I, th- I thought Will Rogers showed some poise uh, in the pocket, showed some good decision-making and, and, and was the best uh, quarterback on the field. Chance Lovertich uh, did some good things, I thought, toward the end of the scrimmage, but there were times when you could see his his uh, less than six-footedness. You know, uh, when, when you're, you're, you're under, under six foot, uh, you, you're, you have to work harder to get passing lanes. And, and I know that this is not new for Chance, and I know that, uh, that he'll do that, and he did that many times during the scrimmage, but he also had uh, – had some passes blocked and knocked down, and, and that's a, kind of an occupational hazard uh, for his size. But I was impressed with Sawyer Robertson. He didn't get that many snaps. What was like six for eight? We're talking about uh, a four-star freshman from uh, from Lubbock. And uh, honestly, Steph, I thought that maybe after the scrimmage, Robertson might have moved up a little bit. I mean, he was. Uh, he was the fourth quarterback to get on the field on Saturday. Uh, what, what are you seeing with him in practice? Any any change for him? Yeah, um, it, it's a lot of the same. I mean, he's still taking those third team, fourth team reps. I mean, right now it, it's all been Will Rogers and Chance Levertich. But but I will agree with you. I mean, um, he had so he had one one drive. I'm looking at his stats right now. He had one drive. He went six of eight, 52 yards, and had a touchdown in there. Um, I mean, if, if there's any competition between him and, and Daniel Greek right now for that third string, I think um, I think Sawyer solidified that with the two interceptions that that Daniel Greek had in the scrimmage. Um, we'll see where Jack Abraham um, plays into that when he comes back. I mean, I would assume at this point if, if he's healthy, um, he would be the number three guy still. But I mean, if, if he doesn't get any reps in fall camp and he, and he has it to this point, you know, I. If you're going into week one and Will Rogers and Chance both go down and, and Jake Abraham doesn't have a doesn't have any reps. I, I, Sawyer's got to be that guy that, that comes into the game um, as a freshman. Um, but, but yeah, I agree. I mean, he impressed. He, he really impressed. He looked, uh, he looked kind of like you were saying with Will Rogers. He looked poised in the pocket for someone who's a true freshman. Um, got out and ran the ball himself a little bit um, in, in some of those pressure situations. Um, spread it out to some receivers. I mean, obviously got that touchdown. So, so I will say, yeah, he, he impressed. As for Will Rogers, yeah, I think it was um, a, a lot of what you expected from Will, but but like you said, um, considering how bad the offensive line looked, Will was pretty poised in the pocket, um, wasn't rushing, was kind of going through his reads a little bit more than he did last season. So definitely progress on that front. Um, are you seeing Jack Abraham out at practice? Is he on the sidelines, or he's just uh, he's just nowhere around? We've seen him. We've seen him a couple times um, take part. I, I think it was the very first practice that he took part um, in a couple just like warm up drills. Um, really like the stuff you do at like the beginning of practice, but nothing, nothing really that, that stands out, especially since since we've been in pads. All right, let's talk about that offensive line. I, I know that was a concern last year. It was uh, not something that uh, that Mike Leach was very pleased with after the scrimmage. Uh, why do you think uh, they're not seeing more progress uh, from that group right now? Right. Yeah, I think so. I was looking at it here. It was 10 sacks in the scrimmage, I believe, from uh, that the Mississippi State defense had. So that's that's quite a bit there um, for a few drives. Um, you know, I thought the main issue was going to be maybe moving Laquista Sharp over to center and trying to get the timing um, all together. 
Um, and, and to be honest, he's probably looked better than anyone with the exception of maybe Charles Cross. Um, I think, I think you're just seeing guys that, um, you know, I, I think the concern last season and maybe that's carried over into this season is you're getting a group of guys that were recruited um, by Mullen and, and Moorhead to be kind of the run heavy um, block for the run, be power guys. And, and they're still making that transition to being um, pass protection guys. And I think some of them are maybe struggling with that. And sometimes you need them to hold the line a little longer than maybe you would on, on, on a heavy run offense. Um, and it's just not working out to this point. And I think that's just the main issue. I think, I think these aren't the guys that Mississippi state needs on the line. And that's not to say that they can't improve and, and they will. I mean, it's only two weeks in the fall camp and, and you still got two weeks to go until the, until the regular season opener. And, um, and if you're one of the people that believes that Louisiana tech and, and NC state aren't really, uh, aren't really the toughest games then all right, then you get two more weeks, I guess, to kind of get some, some regular season prep um, before things really get going with SEC play. And, and when you travel to Memphis. So I think, I think that's just, just my general takeaway. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like much of an observation, but I just, I just don't think the guys that they have with the exception of Charles Cross are very good and, and definitely not good enough for, for this offense. So they're going to need to push themselves. Uh, maybe get in the film room more than they get on the field to kind of figure out, what they can do to, to improve their play um, in this pass heavy offense. Um, when your offensive line is in that state, it kind of falls on the head coach, the offensive coordinator, or the offensive staff to uh, find a way to work around that. You know, you, you work around what, what are not your strengths when, and with this offense, that means getting the ball out quickly. They do that so much already. That's really kind of what they do, but is this going to limit uh even more deep throws and things like that? I mean, do you think this line can can hold up for some of those deep shots that fans want to see? Right, yeah. I mean, right now the the general consensus probably is that, no, they're not going to be able to take as many deep shots as they want because of, because of that offensive line. And I think as much as I was saying, we kind of saw more of the same from Will Rogers in terms of the seven-yard passes, eight-yard passes. I mean, at the same time, it, it's kind of hard to do anything else when you don't have much time in the pocket. It's going to be interesting to see um, how Leach kind of approaches it because it's, it's very – I don't think in many situations you would see a coach kind of come off the, after a scrimmage and say, yeah, our offensive line stunk, but at the same time our quarterback could have done more to get away from it. So you, you kind of see that I think Leach is, is ready to kind of design some things where Will Rogers will be on the move maybe – um, and, and be scrambling to kind of make some plays happen and take some of those deep shots. Um, you know, they, they practice that, obviously, you know, throwing on the move. They, they do that at, at, you know, the drills they have. I'll be interested to see if maybe they try to do something, you know, even more where, where it's designed for Will to get out of the pocket and, and kind of make something happen. I mean, he's he's fast. He can, he can make something happen with his legs if he has to run the ball. But I think in this sense, I'm talking more about just him getting out of the pocket and finding someone and taking that deep shot. So it'll be interesting to see if, if to play around the offensive line struggles, they do a little bit more design with, um, with, with scrambling and, and making plays happen. I know uh, they were looking for the receivers to improve as well, and, and you had, uh, had a nice story on the outside receivers uh, uh, in the Daily Journal uh, online last night. Um, but I'll tell you, Steph, I was not very impressed with the receivers. I thought there was a lot of inconsistency in that scrimmage. You know, uh, drops. There were some catches, but I just I didn't think there were enough contested catches made. Uh, a couple of drops from Austin Williams. You don't expect that. 
I don't think that's going to be a, a norm for him. And he had some nice catches uh, elsewhere in the scrimmage, but just spread around. I, I thought uh, the group could have could have done better. Uh, what uh, what are you seeing there? Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there from from the scrimmage. I think I'm looking at it here. There was four five drops, and one of them was a drop touchdown by Jameer Calvin, who who came in from Washington State. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, two drops from Austin Williams. That's you know, if you walk away from from practice with a concern, that's probably not one of them. You're saying, <laughs> all right, Austin Austin Williams will, will share it up. And same with Jaden Wally. I mean, he had a drop as well, but he also had a touchdown. Um, yeah, it's. I think you're. I think you're still seeing um, an offense that's that's trying to mesh together and and learn its ways. And I think you know, as much as a full off season is going to help. I think what's going to help the most is probably actually playing some games and getting a, a scrimmage like that under their belt. Um, I think will help a lot just within the timing of Rogers and, um, and, and his receivers. And, you know, Jameer Calvin comes in from Washington state. He probably knows this offense better than anyone, um, you know, anyone on, on the field. And, you know, he would probably compete with Mike Leach if they were drawing plays up, they could probably do it together at this point with, with, you know, the couple of years he spent there at uh at Washington state and you bring in Makai Polk who he's not really played in, in this air raid offense. And, you know, he's been the guy that, that stood out off all camp, but you know, as good as those two guys are, you're, you're still a new guy. You're still trying to build that chemistry with the quarterbacks. And I think we're going to see um, some of that, you know, as, as games actually get underway, when, when things are really full speed, um, you're going to see a lot of that, that chemistry still trying to be built between the quarterbacks and some of those new receivers. That's where you need guys like Austin Williams and Jaden Wally to not get drops because you're supposed to be the guy that, that has that chemistry already. So I think we'll see a little rustiness early on. We'll still see, um, you know, the, the, the quarterbacks and receivers trying to build that chemistry. Um, you know, that's where fall camp and, and scrimmages like that have helped, but they haven't been completely clean. Um, so, so we'll see as the season goes on, I'll have a, I'll have a story here in the next um, week or so where I talked to some uh, former receivers at, at Texas tech and um, hopefully I'll, I'll get in contact with some guys from Washington state too on um you know, the transition from year one to year two in a Mike Leach offense. And it's just repetition, repetition and timing. And, and looking back at some of the highlights of these guys, I mean, you look at, uh, I'm comparing 2000 uh, Texas Tech versus 2001 Texas Tech. And I mean, it's just such little things that that could be the difference between an interception and a 20 yard touchdown pass. Just so many little things where, where you're running a route. And instead of thinking about that route, you're thinking about how you're going to make um, this, this defender, you know, turn the other way. You're not even thinking about the routes anymore. That's that's where Mississippi State's receivers need to get um, in order to thrive um, in the air raid offense. Yeah, details, man. Details are important. Uh, have you seen any depth chart movement, offense or defense, uh, since the scrimmage? Um, not not too much. Not really. It's it's been a lot of the same. I think um, you know Malik Heath is getting a little more attention. He had a good practice the other day, so he might be able to get. Um, some more reps depending on what his status is when the season gets underway. Obviously, his role um, in the the arm armed forces bowl brawl um, at the end of that game. Um, and not sure if there'll be any in house type suspensions as as the season goes on. We'll kind of see how Mississippi State decides to handle that. Um, I think London Craft, you know, with his interception, uh, will probably get a little more reps than we expected, but nothing uh, uh, to the point where you're you know expecting him to take over for Jalen Green or something like that. Um, so no, not not too much movement, I would say. How has Jalen Green looked? I know a lot of uh, a lot of hope that uh, that he'll really make an impact at safety there. Yeah, yeah, he's looked good, and I think I think the reason he's looked good is, um, you know, he's he's been able to be aggressive. 
And I think, um, you know, aggressiveness in that sense of they're not afraid to, to kind of isolate him um, with a receiver at that safety spot. I know safeties uh, traditionally, you're looking at a safety like, all right, he's going to be helping out the cornerback. I think they're, they're comfortable with him being one-on-one in coverage at times just because of his history at cornerback. Um, so I think he's probably uh, of the safeties, probably the most versatile one they have um, that they can kind of move around and mix and match um, in certain situations. So I think, um, Zach Garnett's going to have a lot of fun trying try to figure out, you know, different ways to play him. You had a nice uh, deep dive into Aaron Brule's past today uh, in the Daily Journal. Really good stuff talking with some people who were important in his life and trying to just figure out what makes him tick. Uh, what stood out to you as you were bringing all that together, the people you talked to? Uh, what, what did you learn about uh, Aaron that you didn't already know? Right, the first thing that, that stood out to me, and um, if you haven't had the chance to, to read the article, I encourage you to go to, uh, to our website and, and read up on that on Aaron Boulay. Um, when I first met him a, a couple weeks, I mean, we met, at, we met him at media days. And, um, you know, that's kind of quick. You know, we talked to him for 10 minutes and he went from podium to podium doing his thing. Um, I, but I got to pull him aside at fall camp a couple weeks ago and kind of talked to him one on one. And. Uh, my first takeaway was just it, it's just a, a very mature individual. I mean, I graduated from college last year, and I know that even I have my immaturity moments. So that he's just a very uh, mature individual. I mean, we talked and um, we had this whole, you know, uh, interview. And at the end of it, he asked my name at the start of it. At the end of it, he was like, hey, you know, I, I didn't catch your name again. Can you repeat it? Um, and there's a lot of guys that will just walk away and be like, all right, you know, I finished this interview, you know, time to go do whatever I want to do. So I thought it was very mature of him to, to kind of take that step and, and ask my name. Um, and talking to his parents, you know, right away, I was like, has he always been, you know, that mature? And um, and he has been. He has been. I mean, even as a two-year-old, he was taking reps. Um, you know, his brother was six years old on, on the youth football league. And, and there's Aaron, you know, in a Saints uniform on the sideline, mimicking every, every rep they take, basically pretending that he's on a team um, at home. He was, you know, always talking to the garbage man or the plumber or his neighbor when he was working on his car. Um, you know, he, he didn't want video games. He wanted a gardening tool set. I mean, he was just doing um, so many things that you would not expect a kid to, very, to be entertained by. And it's just kind of his, his natural, I guess, um, tendencies to just want to learn more and ask questions. As that said, he's not uh, Aaron isn't somebody who, who talks much, um, but he's someone who asks a lot of questions. And I think whether that be on the football field or off of it, he's very inquisitive and he, he wants to learn more. And it's just, it's interesting to see just how smart and how mature he is and how that kind of translates to the type of player he is. I think he's a very smart and mature football player as well. He's aggressive, but, but he understands the defenses really well and plays smart. And you kind of see his personality playing into how he approaches the game. Though his dad says that uh, when he's on the football field, Aaron is, uh, Aaron is, something he, he has no idea who he becomes because he, he gets so mad sometimes and frustrated. And that's kind of the, the competitive side. So you just see, um, you know, from his childhood, from how he was to, to how his parents grew up and then raised him to the relationships he had with people such as Jamar Chase at high school, to the relationship he had with his high school coaches, how that all kind of molded him into, into the defensive leader um, that Mississippi State really needs this year. So um, if you haven't had the chance to read that, like I said, I highly encourage you to uh, get on our website. That's djournal.com. And, and yes, uh, you, you remember the guys who uh, take the time to remember you. They stand out. And it's part of what uh, makes what we do fun. And uh, that's that's good to hear. Uh, so did he get uh, Kreishnik uh, right off the bat? Was he good with that? Uh, how, how did that <laughs> I think he's stick, he stick to Stefan. So that's all right. That's all right. He said, nice to meet you, Stefan. <laughs>
that's that's good. Um, yeah, very interesting uh, read there. I I saw Jet Johnson, a former Tupelo High standout, uh, come out for interviews uh, on Tuesday, and and he's been cross training uh, at both the middle linebacker and the will, and looks like he could figure into their depth this season, maybe get on the field a little more than, uh, than in years past. Uh, what are you seeing uh, from depth overall at linebacker? What's, what's that uh, shaping up like? Yeah, yeah I, with the group, I think it's more so versatility than depth. You have a lot of guys that can kind of play different positions, uh, which will be important to them. And I think, uh, and I think Jet is that guy, like you mentioned, with, with middle linebacker and being the will linebacker, um, he can kind of move around in either of those spots um, wherever Zach Carnett kind of wants him. Um, so, so there's a lot of versatility with him, and, and I think that should be able to build a little bit more um, playing time for him that we've seen in the past. I mean, he's been one of the guys where you know, when we've talked to guys on the offense or talked to some coaches, they've been like, hey, you know, who's kind of stood out on the defensive side of the ball? He's a name that comes up pretty frequently. And Jordan Davis was kind of the talk at, at the start of fall camp, but um, Jet Johnson's brought up pretty frequently in terms of the, the improvements that he's made at the offseason. Um, I mean, he he talked a little bit about just getting you know bigger, having the offseason to kind of work out and, and do stuff like that. Um, so I think just if there's anyone that's kind of made a lot of offseason strides, it's, it's him. And with that versatility that it brings in, I mean, he's kind of the epitome of what we talked about so much with the linebacking group having versatility. He's the epitome of that. So so I think that um, should should lead them getting some more reps this season. And I think uh, Tupelo might be able to to get on its feet a little bit when uh, when they're watching Mississippi State games this year. Yeah, good uh, good to see Jet get on the field. Hope that uh, works out for him. Look, uh, defense overall, man. Uh, you know, when you have a scrimmage, if one unit looks bad, another unit looks good. I mean, I, can you get a real read on this defense right now? Pass rush pressure is this going to be a playmaking front seven or is it harder to evaluate that right now because of the state of the offensive line right I, I mean I think it definitely plays into it the the 10 sacks probably say a lot more about the offensive line than the defensive line but at the same time they were able to to get to will and you know that number will go down because sometimes there'll be a missed tackle on a sack and you know um you know just just the stuff that comes in with with the natural tendencies of a football game um, but but I think overall, I, I think it's a good group. I think you're seeing a lot of of what was there last season. I know there's there's some newcomers and guys moving around, but I, I think you're just seeing at, at its core that um, last season it was kind of the offense that put this defense in some pretty tough spots and maybe made the numbers look worse than they were. But overall, I think, you know, the, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was uh, Mississippi State was fifth in the SEC in, in total yards per game. I mean, that's that's not a bad place to be with with some of those SEC defenses that were, that were ahead of you. I mean, it's not a terrible place to be. Um, I, I think it was a defense that, that was probably underrated last year and, and maybe in some, some cases kept Mississippi State in some games that it probably shouldn't, shouldn't have been in um, when the offense was struggling. So I think, I think now as, as maybe the offense in, improves a little bit, you're going to see the defense kind of benefiting from, you know, being off the field a little more, getting some time to catch its breath and getting guys like uh, Emerson and Forbes off the field a little bit. Um, so I, I think you're. I think it's a good group. I really do. I think the scrimmage scrimmage uh, inflates those numbers. But I think I think when it comes to defense, there's there's not too much to worry about there, except for the Jordan Davis injury. Yeah, that's uh, that that's big. Maybe uh, maybe the news turns out to be not as bad, but uh, we'll, we'll see on that. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us on Justify Your Existence. That'll wrap up 
this edition for Stefan Kreisnick. I'm Parrish Alford. Come back and join us.